good afternoon and welcome to another episode of The Takedown. Depending on when you are listening to this, or potentially where you are listening to it, this could be either a part one or a part two with Natalie. What is up? What's up? It's always great to speak to you. Yes, likewise. I'm so excited to be back. I feel like I've gotten an invitation to like a ball. I'm excited. <laughs> I uh, yeah, The invitation's always there, by the way. Love um, it. I don't know. I don't know how I'm gonna put these together. I don't know if this is gonna be number one or if this will be number two because um, we just like had like a full-fledged conversation last time. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. I think it's it's gonna be up to the listener. It's like a choose your own adventure sort of thing. You can listen to this first or second. So either welcome or thanks for joining us again. Do you do those the the choose your own adventures? I used to be obsessed with them when I was a kid. I thought they were the coolest things ever. And um, as an adult, like someone got me a huge collection of them for one birthday. Um, and I, I still love those books. I think they're very cool. Did you did you do like the Dungeon and Dragon ones or like? I would do any of them. Um, I do have experience with playing D and D. I haven't played it in so long. Like someone tried to help me get to five E. And, um, I don't know, things just kind of fell apart. Like, if you don't have a good DM, then you might as well not play. I had some friends back in Virginia, and they were, like, all about it. And I wanted, like, I truly yeah. wanted to, but, like, I just never, like, found time to get into it, I guess. Yeah, it's so, that's the other thing. It's really time-consuming. So, like, I don't mind popping in and playing a few sessions if someone needs me. But to be super dedicated, like, I don't have 8 to 11 hours on a weekend night to just sit around and fight dragons or go on some crazy quest. Did you watch Stranger Things on Netflix? I tried watching it, but, like, this is going to sound bad. I know people are going to hate this. It's too 80s for me. Oh, shut the front door. <laughs> it's way, it's like, uh, so, like, you know, I'm a kid. I, I was born mid-80s, so I'm a 90s baby, technically, because, like, that's where everything I love is. But the 80s just seemed, like, all of the 80s seemed like a bad idea it seemed like everyone was just upset that they weren't in the 70s anymore and they were coping through like bad clothing and some bad music i know there's some good music from the 80s but like whew i'm that really just broke my heart (laughs) (laughs) i'm not invited see you just said you're like yep invitations always and now you're like now you're like no mm -mm." (laughs) and 80s movies same thing like it has to be a really special 80s movie for me to get into it, but I haven't seen a lot of the movies from the 80s, so people will ask me things like, you know, Back to the Future, and I'm like, no, haven't seen that. But I did I did watch it, like, in the last 10 years for the first time, and I was like, okay. And I just saw Bill and Ted's Excellent oh, Adventure. Yeah. And so there are some things that, like, I feel like I missed it when it was, like, at the height of being cool. And so the charm might be lost on me. Um, but when I watch them stoned, everything's, you know, everything's good. <laughs> you know, they're doing a, another Bill and Ted? Yes, yes, oh, I saw shit. it. Looks, It looks crazy. I watched The Big Lebowski for the first time about maybe seven months ago and I watched it stoned because again this is one of those things where listening to how other people described it to me and what I knew about it I was just like oh it's a bowling movie and that doesn't look funny to me I didn't know that Steve Buscemi was in it and I had no idea that it was about drugs as well and so I watched it stoned and I thought it was freaking hilarious and 
I've heard so many references from it throughout my life, but I've never gotten them. And so I have a friend who says all the time, the dude abides. And I never knew, like, I never knew what that was from. And now I totally get it. I feel like, I feel like I've been officially initiated now. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. (laughs) No, that's a super good movie. Yeah, uh, it's good. What is the name of the guy that, that plays the dude? What is his name in real life? Um... From the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's in a lot of stuff too. I know. Fuck. What is Don't. Name? No, we're gonna. No one's gonna look this up. I think it's Jeff Bridges, right? Okay. Yes. 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 Okay. okay. Sweet. Yes. So, so GQ done a. Um, you know, like where they do the things where like the oh, actor. Like the profile. Will, the actor. Yeah, the actor will go through each individual like project that they've done. Mm-hmm. I love those, and I watched his, and I was so excited. It's like they saved uh, the Big Lebowski for like the very end. Oh, nice! Oh, it was so fucking good. And that was in GQ. I think it's GQ or Vanity. I think they actually both do them now that I think about it, because Jason Bateman done the GQ one. I think Jeff Bridges done the oh, uh, okay. You know who I did really like from The Big Lebowski, who I've seen in so much stuff, but I didn't really know who he was? The guy who plays The Stranger, his name is Sam Elliott. Are you fuck? Get the fuck out of here. Like, I I have seen him in so many things. You've never but seen I've... The Ranch? No. No, I've never seen The oh. Ranch. I know him from Tombstone. I know him from really bad stuff. I know him from, like, Tombstone and, like, Roadhouse and, like, really <laughs> other bad, <laughs> bad shit. Um, and I think he was in, oh gosh, was he in, he was in this movie that I also watched while Stone was the man who killed Hitler and then Bigfoot. Bigfoot, yes. <laughs> A Hulu original. Oh my God. That was, whew, I'm not sure I could watch that sober, man. It Sam, was rough. Sam Elliott is who I want to be when I get older. I with, think with everyone should aspire to be that when they get old. He's, he's like the sage old like hippie slash westerner tough guy he's like he's just i love it i love it so good and uh the ranch is like one of my favorite tv shows ever but he was so good on in tombstone Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and he was in the big lebowski yeah i can't believe you yeah never knew who he was and so i went looking him up and i was like this guy like you have a name and like i'm i'm excited that i know who he is now butch cassidy by the way have you seen that (laughs) No, no, but uh, I know what it is. I know what it is, <laughs> but yes, no, not seen it. Mm-mm. I can't. We got started on this video like Stranger Things. I cannot believe you you couldn't get into it. I know. I tried, and I have so many people who keep wanting me to watch it. But this is uh, this this is one of those things. So I also really can't get into um, that other show that everyone is always talking about. Black Mirror? No, Game of Thrones. Um, man, let me tell you. I was like, like when I had HBO, Game of Thrones was like life. And then I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like it was kind of like under the radar for a lot of people. And then it just like all of a sudden blew the fuck up. Everybody watches it, and like you're a shithead if you don't watch it. <laughs> and like it literally became uncool. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I, the thing is, I was always peripheral to it, so all my friends and people I knew, and my partner was watching it, and so I kind of always was just on the edges, I knew some characters' names, um, and so I know everyone thought the last season was complete shit, and I also know that the guy who's writing the books has been just, like, trying to keep up with writing the books, but for me, it has everything I should like about a TV show, it's got war, it's got, you know... 
I don't mean to cut you off. I immediately <laughs> thought when you said like when you went whoa, I thought you were gonna say wolves, and I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yes, but like, well, it's got it's got everything for me. I think I was just trying. I was expecting a Spartacus. I don't know if you saw Spartacus. Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, I loved Spartacus, and. Yeah, for me, I don't know, Game of Thrones just got too... I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. I really couldn't. I wanted to. I've tried several times. But, I don't know. Just not for me. You know what show kind of did not, like, done that for me was uh, True Blood. Like, True Blood started off so good. And I've never just, seen an episode. Oh, it snowballed downhill so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's what happens. Like, when... I notice, like, American shows particularly, we have a problem with stopping a series, like, when it's good. We like to really drag things out for, like, five, like, six, seven, eight, ten. Like, I love, yeah, I love Always Sunny, and it's Uh, in, like, season 14 now. You're, uh, yeah, you're, you're married to, uh, your husband's from the UK, yeah? He is, he is. Do you guys watch, like, a lot of, uh, like, UK, uh, like TV shows, like television? We usually have, like, one show that we're watching or going through at the time, and, like, because there are some things that he just loves and is used to seeing on TV, like, when we're when we're back in England, there's some shows that are just always on TV like they are here, and so we, we usually have one of those shows going, like, Inbetweeners or Peep Show, something like that that's always on in the background. There was a, uh, there was a British TV show. It was on Netflix. I don't really know... I don't know that it was like a Netflix original, but it was called Crashing. About uh, mm. did you ever watch it? I I heard about it, but I didn't watch it. I don't know how good it is. There was only like six episodes. It was like one season long. It was oh. so good. It was um it was like six uh like I guess like younger people. It, I mean, of course, it was like um like it wasn't like a reality show. It was like mm-hmm. an actual like you know like a television series. But it followed like six uh, different people, and they lived in like a like an old hospital kind of mm-hmm. shit. And, like, Ooh. they all, uh, there was, like, a lot of, like, sexual tension and, like... Sure. Like, there was, like, a lot of, uh, like, relationship, like, mishaps and shit. It was six episodes, but it was really good. Hmm. Well, I might have to check that out. I'm, I will tip my hat to the Brits for doing a very good crime drama. That is, like, they're, they are just creme de la creme of that. Like, I always recommend Broadchurch to people who haven't seen it because it's got the former Doctor Who in it, I believe. Again, a show I've never seen before. No, don't um, that I haven't. <laughs> but it is so good. It's it's you know it keeps you on the edge of your seat, which I really like. They've they've crafted that very well. What's like the the really popular one, Downton Abbey? Yeah, I've not. He started watching that um, during lockdown, and just kind of became obsessed with it. And I'm pretty sure he finished all of it. <laughs> and he, like, he got. <laughs> that's like the problem with like Netflix and like significant others. Yeah. Like, like you either finish it before them and they get mad, or they finish it before you and you get mad. Like there's no in between. Yeah, and I was totally not even remotely interested in the show to begin with, and and we made fun of it, and so then he watched it and then started liking it. So I started making fun of him. But the main <laughs> thing was he kept coming to me with all these facts afterwards. He was like, "Did you know?" that such and such happened I'm like no I had no idea that that's what was going on in 1920 no I didn't like so um he really liked it though and he watched the crown on your history now. 
No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm like, I'm. that was not my subject in school. I'm not going to lie. I'm so mm-hmm. bad with history. I really got focused on Egyptian history and just kind of fucked everything else <laughs> off. That was kind of just my favorite history. I was the arts and science kid. So like, you know, I'm all about the nerdy stuff. I remember like, okay, so, you know, like whenever you get older and you kind of look back at your life, do you ever have like those really random memories? They just like pop out of nowhere. Yeah, they just like come out of nowhere, and you either get like super embarrassed or like, like you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know, I know memories that are like that. The, the problem is, I think I, I don't have that, that gene that gets like I don't really know what it's like to be embarrassed. I know that sounds funny. Um, it takes a lot. I will say like an extreme amount of something to to get me embarrassed I don't know if that's like I've been doing child acting and speaking since you know I was a kid uh, and so yeah. I don't know if that's why I've been good at it is because like I just don't easily get embarrassed but um nothing really <laughs> nothing really embarrasses me and that's kind of embarrassing I guess to say uh but it takes a lot to make me blush or just there make was, me feel like one time in seventh grade in uh <laughs> science class this is like a fucking doozy because it doesn't make any sense as to why it embarrassed me but <laughs> One time during seventh grade science class, a teacher was like talking about like the sun's rays and like how it affects the earth, and and she was like the sun attracts to darker objects, and then I had like I ain't gonna lie, like I had nothing but black t-shirts in like <laughs> middle school and high school because you know like emo kid, goth kid, yeah, of course. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, so I was wearing like a fucking Motley Crue shirt, and she was like, like Josh's t-shirt, <laughs> he'll be he'll be hotter than everyone else when he goes outside. <laughs> And I was just like, fucking bitch. Thanks, Teach. Yeah, and I don't know why, like, that memory just sticks out in my brain. Like, that's the only good science memory I have, is, like, my teacher roasting me. (laughs) I remember, like, our first day of French class, we had to pick French names. I don't Mm. know if you guys had to do that, but we we had to pick French names. And I don't even know why I chose mine, but the teacher was just like, let's go around and everyone practice saying their name and she was like natalie your name and i was like virginie and everyone <laughs> and everyone just busted she's like it's virginie and it's virginia and i was like whoops and like no one let me forget that for the rest of high school people would yell down the hall they'd be like virginie and so like <laughs> that was like a thing i uh i got kicked out of school when i was in eighth grade and then going into like my senior year or going into my freshman year like i guess like the other eighth graders got to like pick the classes they wanted to take mm-hmm. um or like w- what order or like however it went but where i got like kicked out like a majority of the eighth grade um i guess like the teachers like picked my curriculum for me or whatever so oh, I, got, okay. I got stuck in french class my freshman <laughs> year and uh i took the full year of it like i was gonna drop out and i was just like whatever and a, it fucked my GPA up. But B, <laughs> I didn't learn. I I know, like, bonjour. <laughs> you know bonjour. That, that means thanks, right? Yes, that okay. means. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know bonjour. But, like, other than that, like, uh, I just, my short-term memory, like, I've, I've been in combat sports, like, my entire life. Mm. Like, my short-term memory is absolutely annihilated. But I hold on to, like, these really embarrassing older moments. They just stick with you. Yeah, they just, they cling to me. I don't know. I I had the I had the opposite 
effect. Um, I took French class and then I became obsessed with languages and I wanted to learn languages and so French is actually one of the five languages that I know. Um, and like way back when I was like I'm gonna be some kind of crazy spy, I'm gonna translate things and so I live in Washington DC and my first stop was the FBI. I was like <laughs> let me see if I can get a job with the FBI as let an interpreter. Kill Bigfoot. <laughs> let me kill Bigfoot with Sam Elliott. And they immediately were like, no tattoos, no piercings, no crazy hair colors. And, and I'm like, okay, like, that's not good for me, but, you know, I can do that stuff. And then they had us do these practice tests to gauge your level of language. You Wait know, a how second. Well... You're in the FBI? No, I am not. <laughs> this story is about this story is about how I now. didn't I didn't get into there. Um, they they like measured us and had us write and read. So you do your comprehension for each language, and they assign you a grade level on how well you speak and read it. And I did fine on all of those. And then they gave us practice documents on things that we were going to be translating, and they were so fucking boring. I was just like oh my god, there's no way I can see myself doing this for 8 hours a day, 40 hours a week of mm. just translating these boring ass documents, and like half of them are redacted, so you're just trying to read through black lines, and so um, I did not I did not take that position, I decided to uh, just use it for traveling Now I'm almost like 100% like you're my secret agent, <laughs> and you're just like playing like the coolest joke on me right I now. am, it's gonna be funny when the pandemic's over <laughs> as soon as the pandemic's over, I'm sniping your ass, motherfucker. Yeah, I have to wait till that's done. Even though the, even though I'm gonna snipe you, flight restrictions, you know. <laughs> you know, can't be flying all the way. That's really interesting, though. I'm I'm in a class right now, like learning Portuguese because, Ooh. no lie, like two years ago, I was starting to. I know this is gonna sound crazy. I was like literally about to sell all of my like possessions and just moved to fucking Brazil and nice. I had I had like no reasoning outside of like just wanting to well well so Brazil's like where you know Brazilian jiu-jitsu is like oh you know, I see and so I was like fuck it like I'm a Muay Thai instructor I just broke my hand like the second time oh. and uh, I was I was pretty much like at that point I was like kind of done fighting and I wanted mm -hmm. to transition like being a coach full-time Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, fuck it, what better place to do it than, like, Brazil? You know, I can train jiu-jitsu, I can coach Muay Thai, and even if I don't understand a single word that anyone's speaking to me, like, I'll be happy. And so I was, like, looking into, like, you know, selling yeah. all my shit and moving, and I was like, well, the language barrier kind of sucks. So I've been wanting <laughs> to learn Portuguese for, like, two years. Well, I just enrolled in, like, this class, mm -hmm. and uh, so I studied, like, a week right like a hard week and then mm -hmm. i got my quiz at the end of the week on like friday right and so all week i'm like amping up for it like i'm getting ready i'm excited and the teacher messaged me <laughs> and she was like hey did you study before you took this test <laughs> and i instantly i was like Whoa, oh shit yeah i have a nine month old and a and like a full-time job lady like give me a fucking break Mm -hmm. She was like, well, a 40 isn't really a passing grade. <laughs> and if I was to give you a break and give you a 50, that isn't either. And I was like, all right. Damn. Yeah, she was like super hard on me. But I was like, well, I mean, I kind of need that. But at the same time, fuck you. I hope, I hope she's not listening. <laughs> Sorry, teach. The thing is, you know, it's one of those things where it's really good to learn languages 
when you're a kid, when you're younger, because your brain is still developing and it just absorbs everything. And so that's why most people who do know multiple languages, they have learned them from an early age because just foreign languages are easy and accessible for children. Um, again, because their brain's still developing. But when we get older, we have all of these blocks and things in our mind that prevent us and actually just make it just fucking hard to learn another language because we we might read something and we we instantly have an idea about how it's pronounced whereas when your brain's developing you're trying to figure out how it's pronounced you don't already assume how it's going to be pronounced so I'm I'm really glad that I learned some languages when I was a kid but all of the languages I've learned as an adult have been really hard for me and I gave up on Mandarin that was going to be my last language to learn and I re- realized it was a tonal language a, a what? A tonal language. Oh, okay. I, I, I kind of understand. Yeah, so that's basically if you say like ooh and ooh, like those are two different things. And I was just like, I'm out. Like, I am out. Anybody. I was like, I'm out. I was like, there's no way, like, I will be able to do this. It was, it was super hard. So, like, stick with it and see if you start picking things up. And um, for me, the best thing with languages is like repetition. And I do stupid things where I will, I'm a visual learner, so I will put like, you know, note cards on things around my house in whatever language I'm trying to learn. My, uh, my girl can speak Spanish, not like extremely well, but like well mm-hmm. enough, you know? Mm-hmm. And we, we like, we were kind of talking like our daughter's nine months. So like, mm-hmm. oh, that's kinda, good. Oh yeah. So we're kind of at that point where like, like she's going to be learning English, but like, I want to integrate Portuguese in as well. That's cool. Maybe, you know, maybe Spanish to start off, but I definitely, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, let's say that you are my secret agent and you are going to kill me. I'm, <laughs> I, well, I already told you where I'm going to dip off to, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, I know where you're going now. But, but, you know, I mean, other people might not, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. No one knows. <laughs> um, I do, I do want her to like know another language just because like, I do feel like limited sometimes. Like, like yeah, I, I wish that I could just put that on like a resume. You know what I mean? Or like even. Like, there's a lot of um, actors, athletes, et cetera, that I would love to follow more extensively if there wasn't a language barrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the fighters I see, I'm like, shit, and, like, I go to their, their Twitter, and I'm like, oh, okay, like, they, they speak this totally different language, and, like, it's going to be harder for me to follow them. But, um, again, this is this is an American thing. We are really, like, staunch about not learning anything that's quote-unquote not American and so a lot of other people around the world know multiple languages and English is usually one of them because we refuse to learn anyone else's language. It's almost like we have our heads stuck up our own ass, you know? What? Not America. (laughs) Not America. (laughs) No. You know what I really like to be is Australia because I I really like kangaroos for some reason. Mm, mm. When I went to Australia, it was after the Lord of the Rings had been filmed there, and so they've kept one of the hobbit houses there that you can go inside of, and like I said, I'm like five feet tall like barely and so I it was like the perfect house for me for the first time ever I could like reach shelves and cabinets that like were quote-unquote high up and everyone else had to kind of like duck unless they were in the like middle part of it Um, it was was really cool I was I really liked it like it's um 
it's it was it was cool to see. It was cool to see. I wanted to travel to New Mexico and go to the Breaking Bad house, but then I guess somebody like lives there now, and they don't want you to come and throw yeah. pizza on their roof. Yeah, that's a lot of things. If you live like you know, you still live in California, and that's that's the thing is there's so many places where things were filmed where they're like please don't please don't come by here please don't come see this i really wanted to go see um the workaholics house oh my god yeah. because it's on airbnb it's in van nuys and it's it's on airbnb and i was like oh my god yes i want to go there and like people in the neighborhood were like we hate having this house here we hate this and uh, i was like oh that sucks. I, see, like on one hand, like I understand, right? But on the other one, I would be that guy that would order a large pizza in New Mexico <laughs> and I would take it to the Breaking Bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like you have yeah. to do it. It's, it's one of those things where like you know what you're getting into when you move into a house that was on a television show or anything like that. You know, I don't even know how long ago it was, but um, The Exorcist was filmed partly in Washington, D.C., and there's these steps that are called The Exorcist Steps, and people still stand buy those steps to take pictures. I want to take a picture with the Rocky statue, but fuck the exorcist. <laughs> I don't I don't do demons, you know what I mean? You don't do demons. Or I like, love any horror movies. Like satanic shit. I love horror movies, but like you know that movie Ouija? All my yeah. friends were like, "Yo, this movie's so good." I'm like, "Nope, no. I ain't doing it." <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where there's some for me the more real and just vague that things are, the more I kind of get spooked. Um, Babadook, I don't know if you saw the Babadook. Oh my god, yes. Yes, yeah, so the Babadook, like, fucked with us, and while we were all watching it at our house, the funniest shit happened, like, I don't know if it was the, I think it was the cat was just coming out of a room and, like, made the door open really slowly down the hallway, and everyone just freaked the fuck out, it was so, it was so funny, it was so funny, but part of it was, you didn't see a lot in the Babadook, and so that kind of, you had to use your own imagination. I think, like, I kind of like movies like that where, um, like, you kind of, in a way, you get to, like, decide in your own mind, like, how it ends. You know yeah. what I mean? But then there, there's, like, another point to it where, like, it's almost lazy filmmaking to me. <laughs> I think that, too, sometimes. I'm like, you just didn't fucking know where to go with this. You just, you know, like, ah, the, the, let the audience figure it, figure it out. out. Yeah, let them do it. Um, It's like that show Twin, like, have you ever seen the original Twin Peaks? No, I've, I've seen a lot of people like raving about the okay. new one. But so I was like, okay, I'm going to watch Twin Peaks for me. a few years ago. Not ruining anything. No spoilers, quote unquote. Oh, I don't but the, mind. <laughs> the 1991, um, it sucked me in. If you ever watched Lost, did you see Lost? You're going to hate me, but no, I never, <laughs> I never got it. You know what? Another one I'm probably going to lose. You're probably going to, you're probably going to pull your invitation. I've never seen Grey's Anatomy either. Me either. No, oh. it's cool. Me oh, either. Sweet. Neither of those. Neither nice. of those. Girl, on the same page. Great. Twin Peaks is like this whole like mystery thing. And so is Lost. It, now I can see where Lost kind of pulled from Twin Peaks. And it's a lot of things where like you got to just keep finding out every episode ends on a cliffhanger. And I watched a good portion of the original before it just started to get completely ridiculous where I was like 
look, this is so far from where the fuck we started. There's oh, cults, yeah. there's like, there's ghosts, there's this. Like, I can't do all of this when it was just like a normal thing. And the creator of Twin Peaks, David Lynch, refuses to this day to speak about what certain things in Twin Peaks mean he's just like no I don't want like he will walk out of interviews he doesn't answer questions about it he will literally just not talk about Twin Peaks which is the thing that made him the most famous I think and so um it's interesting when directors or writers decide to create this piece but then don't want to like flesh it out fully because there's a lot of half things that never get answered in Twin Peaks that he he's the only one who will know the answers to but he just refuses to say anything about it that's probably like the most frustrating thing because like i am like a writer and like i've been working on a novel which someday will fucking (laughs) see the light of day but but like that's like the one thing is like you have this idea and you want to create it and you want to paint this image for people why would you Mm -hmm. leave out the fucking like (laughs) you you know what i'm saying like why would you leave out pivotal parts I know that the guy who did The Sopranos, I'm pretty oh, sure I was about to bring he, up. yeah, he won't say whether or like what happened to Tony. So this is gonna be a huge spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it. If you R. have R. not James seen Gandolfini. it, yeah, if you haven't seen it, just pause the podcast right now. Go binge watch Sopranos and then come back. Um, eight eight fucking years later, <laughs> I'm back. Um, okay, so what school of thought are you in? Are you in that? Okay. That okay. he died, or so, that it just ended. All right, so me and my brother-in-law were talking about this <laughs> literally a week ago, right? Because <laughs> Sopranos for me, like I don't know about like for you, um, Sopranos for me like kicked off this quote-unquote like epic series trend, right? So yeah, I can so, see that. So you have like the Sopranos was like the number one, right? And then after mm-hmm. it came like let's say like Breaking Bad, and then uh, like Sons of Anarchy, you know these these. TV shows where you have, like, this anti-hero that you fall in mm-hmm. love with, right? So, for me, like, I hold The Sopranos. Like, it's one of my all-time favorite shows ever, right? Mm-hmm. So, we were talking, and he, uh, my brother-in-law, had alluded to the fact that apparently Tony Soprano had a conversation in, I guess, an earlier season. And, or maybe it wasn't Tony Soprano, but somebody had had this conversation on screen where they said, what do you think it's like when you die? Mm-hmm. Okay, and and the one the one guy said, well, I guess you just it probably just all goes black. Goes black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the end, uh, you know when when don't stop believing. <laughs> when that song, which by the way, I can't listen to that fucking song now. Without. Yeah. So yeah. When, it, when it comes on, like you know something's about to happen, but then you see Tony look up at the door. I'm. I don't know, like because when Walter White dies. You kind of know mm. that Walter White is dead. I'm still not convinced Walter White died. I'm going to really? put that out there. Yeah, because he beat cancer once, and he has a shit ton of money. Like, you, we don't know. We did, just don't did you, know. Did you watch El Camino? I did not. Okay. Uh, well. <laughs> it's okay. El, go watch El Camino. <laughs> okay. But, um, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I will go. El Camino I'm, is so good, though. I'm putting it down in my notes. Um. Yeah, go watch El Camino. If anybody is a fan of Breaking Bad and you haven't seen El Camino, it's absolutely incredible. Aaron Paul for life. Anyway, um, so <laughs> so when you see like Walter White quote unquote like die on screen, right? Like you kind of mm-hmm. know, like you're under the assumption he's dead. 
uh, Jax Taylor, like Sons of Anarchy. Did you watch it? I did not, but I heard very good things about it. Very good, very good. I don't want to like spoil it for you, um, but when these characters it was, die, like definitive. Yes, yes, it's very definitive. When a when a true, like a true antihero, like a loved antihero dies, like it's it's definitive in my mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the fact that all we really got was Tony kind of looking up and then the screen going black, to me that's not really definitive enough. But if you use your like your own creativity. Maybe he was, you know, sniped and, and, you know, maybe it happened so fast. Maybe it was somebody behind him. See, I was very convinced, like, no, they, like, Tony, you know, he's okay because no kids, no children. You don't do this shit in front of family, even though Tony did. Um, Like, I thought, like, they're going to be above him and break, you know, not going to break this code. And I was just really on that for a while. But then in 2007, the creator David Chase actually accidentally said that Tony did die. And I was like, no, you've been like debating, like people have been debating this forever. And I feel like he kind of just picked a side because what I originally read for like for that, because of course, after I saw it, I went to go like read all about it. He originally said he just didn't, he just didn't know like how to kill Tony Soprano he was like I just don't like that was kind of why yeah it was kind of like he he just was like I'm just at a loss so let's just go to black and it was one of those things where in my town when this aired I don't know what happened but everyone thought because my parents were huge Sopranos fans everyone thought that it had just like the TV had messed up because oh, it yeah. stays black for so long Before that you're, it, yeah. yeah, that you're sitting there. So everyone was like, what, what? And like freaking out. And I think that would have been cool to see like on social media nowadays to just see everyone losing their mind for like two minutes <laughs> while everything <laughs> just sits black. But it is, I think you're right. This is kind of one of the first shows where it was just tons of, you know, a lot of seasons where it told this kind of epic tale of like this this character we we hadn't really had that before and that was like 1999 so um it was definitely ahead of its time and then i think like oz was around and the wire kind of came in oh yeah, yeah i forgot about the wire and i binge watched oh, the wire your the prison break was good. another really good one I, you know, I was in with Prison Break for a while, and then I jumped out because they were in, and then they broke out, and then they broke back in, and then they broke out, and I was like, you know what, forget you guys, you don't know whether you want to be in jail or not, and also, if jail is this easy, like, to get in and out, like, no, mm -mm. I couldn't do it, couldn't do it. It was one of those things, didn't they have, like, a, like, a little mini-series all online? With, oh, did they? I don't know, I I I jumped out. I think so. I never, I couldn't finish it because I'm, I'm kind of with you. I was like, well, this is absolutely preposterous. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was one of those things where I was just like, okay, I stopped. And this is the thing, I'm not a huge TV person. Like, I've gone years without owning televisions and cable and things like that. So when I do watch TV, I want to watch, like, quality TV. I try to, like, hold out for, for quality shows. But I don't know if you've had this. For me, personally, when I binge watch something... And it's funny that that's even a thing now. I don't remember 
as much as I would. I feel like I miss so many details because if I watch it again, I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, that happened? Oh, like I should have been paying attention to that. And so I feel like, you know, just the very act of binge watching and trying to take in and absorb that much information, I think we lose some of the beauty that had us waiting a week before things came out. All right, so you know what I kind of—I have this theory because I've been thinking about this too, right? I have this mm-hmm. theory that when you binge watch something, you are more inclined to touch your phone than if you had to wait. Oh yeah. So absolutely. I think, I think that's what it is because I was watching—I'm um, watching this new show. It's like in into the dark or something. It's about mm-hmm. like this blind girl and she's like trying to solve like this murder mm. mystery kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I—I I literally got through like two episodes, perfectly fine. And on the third one, I picked up my phone. When the fourth one came on, I had no fucking idea what I was watching. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, wow, I've been on Facebook for like 10 minutes, and I literally just lost out half the plot. Mm-hmm. I think, because mm-hmm. I, I, I remember the last show that I actually waited like a week-to-week-to-week to week to week kind of basis to watch was like Sons of Anarchy when it was still on mm. uh, on television. And like you, you retain shit so much better because you're not on your phone. And you're, you, know, you know what I mean? You would put that yeah. time aside, like, with your family or friends or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And because you know you have so much and you know that you are con- in control of whether it stops or not, I think that also provides a different sense. You know, binge watching, I think they've said, is when you watch three or more of, of a certain thing in a row. And I know, like, it's already, it's already being studied. You know, binge watching, while we enjoy it so much, is because it releases dopamine in our brain. It gives us those good feelings. But it also has some, like, health effects they've been studying since 2017 about whether or not it gives you poor sleep sleep quality and if it makes you more tired and things like that and I think that there's probably again like a balance to to that you know I think I think binge watching has its benefits but I also think it has its cons where like you just like you said you you miss shit because I've watched it and I've been like wait what what did they say why are they fighting now and it's all because I wanted to be on reddit or something you gotta back up and then like you get <laughs> aggravated with yourself like I get aggravated with myself I'm like fuck I've already seen this I've already seen this and then you click forward and you're like oh shit I wasn't supposed to see that just yet <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah it's super it's it's so weird like like everything's digital so I assume that like before too much because I, I got rid of TV completely like all I use is streaming services yeah Um, and I assume that like everybody else will eventually kind of pick yeah. up on that and, and kind of move forward with that but I mean, it kind of makes you wonder, like, what are we doing to our short-term, like, memory just via, like, the, t- the television, like, the, t- the cell phone and shit, you know? Yeah, I think between the binge-watching and the social media, which I'm always rabble-rabbling against, um, I think these sort of things that give us this endorphin rush is what pushes people to experience this pseudo addiction to things because we're just looking for that next high and long term that makes your brain super tired to be like that that's why like gamblers get stuck in those those gambling holes when they're in vegas and things and then when they come out they're just like oh my god like reality sort of sets in and so i think long term these things are probably going to really mess up our brains i have a feeling I have a friend, she uh, she has a, a YouTube page, she's actually supposed to come on the podcast soon, her name's Bethany Meyer, um, mm-hmm. shout out Bethany, but she was telling me the other day, because we were trying to plan when we could podcast, and, and she was like, well, we can't do it for the next month, 
And I was like, oh, <laughs> really? And she was like, yeah, I'm going off social media for a month. And I was oh, like, nice. oh, wow. I was like, that's fucking absolutely incredible. And so she, like, she stuck to her guns. She didn't upload anything for, like, a full month. And then when she came back, she was like, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to do it again in two weeks. I was like, yo, that is so... Yeah. Like, it, like it's, I, I hate to say it, but, like, that's powerful. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it like, really is. I it's hate that we give these these things this devices. much power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's so, like, good on her for doing that. I, I want to do it so bad. The thing is, I'm super, I'm super paranoid, and I'm super, like, late to the social media game. So, I've never had Facebook, um, ever. I've never signed up for it. I've never had the desire to sign up for it, um... I didn't think it was cool, and then it kind of just blew up, and I just was like, nah, I don't want people from high school finding me. <laughs> and so I never joined Facebook, and I also got to Twitter late. And Instagram I only use for work. At the beginning of this year, I tweet, like, I, I put on Instagram that, like, hey, I'm not going to post anything all year. Sorry. Like, I'm just done with Instagram for the year. And so, so far, I've done a good job of not posting anything at all. But I also just don't care about social media the same way that I think most people who like social media do. I don't want to become a slave to social media. I just don't. See, I'm, I'm absolutely the same way. And I'm kind of looking at it that way, like, that way now is, like, um, like you kind of do become, like, this slave to it. And, and I was talking about, like, because uh, you, you knew uh, Jonesy. And mm-hmm. me, and, me and Jonesy, like, when we had our podcast, I was talking, like, I don't feel comfortable sharing things anymore. Yeah. Just because, like, my podcast is, like, not to, like, toot my own horn or anything, but, like, my podcast is growing in listeners, and mm-hmm. I don't want one of them to, to be like, oh, he has such a shitty uh, yeah. uh, take on this, I'm gonna, like, fuck with this guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, so, like, I don't like putting my family on social media, and I don't, like, I'm getting to the point where, like, I don't like uploading pictures of my daughter. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what, like, I'm, I'm gonna kind of take a step back, and, and that's kind of, like, what I'm doing, like, I'm... I fully support that. Like, I'm, I don't think it's right to put children on social media because it's, unless you're sending, like, a direct picture to, like, another family member or friend, I think you open it up for potential, like you said, for risk. But beyond that, these are, I, my main thing with social media that I'm always harping on is that it removes so much um, privacy, but beyond that, it takes away the, the the uniqueness of the moments that we we live in. I can't go out to eat with my friends pre-pandemic, where you know five of them weren't taking pictures of their food so that they could upload it somewhere. Like, and you know, we used to play a game where everyone had to put their phone on top of each other, and whoever's phone buzzed first, and whoever went for their phone first, had to pay for everyone to eat because. We, we otherwise will just sit there and be on our phones while mm-hmm. we're eating and spending time together. And so quality time has significantly decreased. And I think by putting your kids and all of the things that you're doing on social media, you kind of take away that specialness of the moment of being there with your child, with this person. And also your kid might grow up and be like, I don't believe in social media. I don't want to be on this thing. And now you've put all these pictures of your kid growing up on social media and the internet. It's just, it never goes away. Like it truly, nothing ever goes away on the internet, seriously. And that's my biggest fear is nothing ever goes away. Very true. And I mean, to add to that, like, like I have a lot of friends from high school, like they'll upload pictures of like their kid. Um, and like on my, like my, cause I do have like private social media. Mm-hmm. And so like I'll upload stuff like about my day or about like, you know, Hey, come into town, you know, et cetera. 
um, because that is like just for you mm-hmm. know my immediate family and friends and, and whatnot. But then I, it, like I have this, uh, I hate to say like fan base because that makes me sound like so vain. But like I do have like these people who like who do. You have listeners, in. yeah. Yeah, I have like listeners and, and people. Be proud. Who, oh, thank you. Um, I do have like so many different people that I interact with on social media that like. I don't feel comfortable with fucking mm-hmm. Aaron uh, 452. Shout out Aaron 452. But I don't feel comfortable with him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, because knowing yeah. all your ins and outs. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's the thing. It's it's kind of become, you know, now you're kind of you were talking about with the television shows. If you haven't seen certain ones, how it's kind of like shame, and it's kind of the same way with social media. Like if you're not putting it all out there, shame. And for me, social media is hella fake like it really is no one ever posts I mean I won't say no one but it's very rare that people regularly post how shitty things are and like the real stuff social media is made for you to show off the best parts of your life and the filters are exactly that they're filters for what's really happening and what you're really seeing and I know a lot of people get FOMO and they feel all these other things when they see people doing things on social media and it's sad because comparison is always going to be like the thief of joy for someone and that's the main thing I don't like about social media is how it makes other people feel bad if they're not doing as much and you know I read an article about a woman who went hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt so that she could take Instagram pictures of her Mm. with like expensive stuff in inexpensive places and like you know she now has gone through recovery for social media addiction and things like that but it's like where does it stop where does it end I, uh, like, I ironically made a Twitter, right? Just so I could, like, <laughs> not so I could creep, but, like, just so you can... <laughs> because some celebrities only use Twitter. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, Jim mm-hmm. Carrey only mm-hmm. uses Twitter. Um, and so well, I made a Twitter. Artwork. I do, too. I made this this Twitter, like, ironically. And I just tweet. Like, I followed you on, on Twitter. You'll have to go look. Like, I, treat, I tweet, <laughs> like, the most random shit ever. Because, like, to me, like, it's not, um... Like, I don't take it serious. Mm-hmm. Like, like, do you watch King of the Hill? Yeah, I've seen it. I tweeted last night, Peggy Hill got that crackhead energy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just I just tweet, like, random stuff because I, I don't take it super serious. Um, but, like, you're right. Like, we do put on this filter, right? So, like, uh, like mm-hmm. on Instagram, like, like, and see, this is, like, when I knew that I had, like, a problem with, well, I, I don't like to think that I have, like, a problem with social media, but, like, this is when I realized, like, okay, I need to take a step back from social media because I had like a I had a dental appointment. I don't know if I was telling you like I had you know a lot of dental work done. I'm, I'm actually mm-hmm. smiling and showing my That's my awesome. teeth off right now. Um, I had some dental work done though, and I came home. And I was feeling like shit, mm-hmm. and I just kind of like cuddled up on the couch with my daughter and like I just put on Moana because like for some <laughs> reason Moana is like her fucking jam (laughs) and so I I turned on Moana and we're just kind of sitting there and she was being so sweet like she it's almost like she could tell that I was sick yeah and so I could I took like a selfie and I was like had a bad day but my daughter made it all better and then I was like nobody gives a shit (laughs) you know what I mean Like, like why am I sharing this detail about my life with other people yeah, sometimes when people take pictures of food, they're doing that too. They're like, best, you know, steak perfect. And I'm like, I guess, like, cheers I to you. <laughs> I guess. It looks fucking overcooked to me, bud. <laughs> I, when people post food anymore, I just love shitting all over it. Like, I know that sounds really bad, but like, 
just, you just joined to troll people it sounds like oh i love it well i have <laughs> i have like people that i won't do it to you know people i don't really know that well but like for the most part like if my friends upload so like a like a three-tier angel food cake i'm like yeah that should look dry in hell you know what i mean like <laughs> That's awesome. I love I love people who who are just like what I would call like honest tweeters and like you can tell like there's no there's no filter between what they're thinking and what they're saying. Um, I I love that. I use my personal Twitter account to generally like yell at businesses about bad service and um and. Yeah, I well, I used to. Yeah, I'm I'm the Yelper. Like I used to obsessively like Yelp everything, and so, really? um, yeah, it's. I've a, always it's... wondered what those people were like, <laughs> and now that I've met you, like that's so weird. I couldn't. I would never pick you as a Yelper. Well, it's you know, it's a funny story. Like I used to Yelp all the time because I love writing and I I used to have an opinion column for work and so this was just like me just extending my opinion for something and then Yelp had job openings in DC and I was like yep I'm gonna try that and so I worked for Yelp for a couple of years and they were like part of why we really liked you is because you had so many reviews and you review <laughs> everything you review car places you review like hat shops like you don't like I will just I will review everything and so I generally get on Twitter to like yell at businesses when something shitty has happened like I think last year we went to Taco Bell and we were gonna get tacos and we came up and they immediately were like we don't have any tacos and I was like what? And he was like, the guy two cars ahead of you just ordered 136 tacos, so we don't have any more tacos. And I was like... You gotta burn it down at that point. I was like, you're Taco Bell. So yeah, I was like angrily tweeting in my car. I was like, stupid Taco Bell, why call yourself Taco Bell with no tacos? You're just a fucking bell now. (laughs) And they like DM me and they were like, hey here's a coupon to get like 20 free tacos and I was like thanks so I usually yeah I'm usually like yelling about something or saying something nerdy or doing some activist stuff that's pretty much all I use my twitter for uh yeah I I literally I advertise my podcast and then I (laughs) I interact with like my four friends that actually actively tweet and then I just like the rest of the time, I'm like, oh, Peggy Hill has crackhead energy. <laughs> and like, I was tweeting last night, actually. This is kind of funny. Um, I was, like, tweeting about my cats. because mm-hmm. I, So I love horror movies. And, like, I named my cats after, like, horror-related oh, things. Oh, very cool. So, like, I have Penny, which is short for Pennywise. Pennywise. And then uh-huh. Jack Skellington. Um, oh, so this, cute. I have, like, these two outside cats that, like, just showed up at my house. So I've been feeding <laughs> them because, like, I'm a total sucker for, like, animals. Um, and I named one of them Salem because he's like a solid black Aww. cat, you know. And the other one I just named Mittens. <laughs> just Mittens. Just, just fucking Mittens. That's so yeah. cute. But I was like tweeting about it last night and I wrote, I also feed my neighbors outside cats and I don't know what their names are, but to me, they're Salem and Mittens and they bring me <laughs> dead frogs and shit. It's kind of sweet, but I wish they wouldn't. LMAO. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like just random shit. Uh, yeah, and that's the beauty of it. Like, I, it I, I quoted Hank Hill. I said 6 a.m. and the, and already the boy ain't right. You know what I mean? Like I like that you quoted Hank Hill. I love Hank Hill. <laughs> I like that that's what you're using Twitter for. The, the thing with most social media that I notice is you don't even know who the fuck's following you or who you're following. Like You're not even really there for like your real life friends after a certain point. They kind of just fade and you're following more 
like random internet people that you only know through the internet than your actual friends. Have you ever wondered if you like secretly follow like the Craigslist killer? <laughs> no, I've not secretly wondered that. I have wondered, um, like, I've gotten a couple of famous people who have followed me because, like, I will gush about something to do with them, and then they'll they'll be like, yeah, and they'll they'll follow me back, and so that's been kind of cool to like see a couple of famous people follow me. But other than that, like, I'm I assume everyone I follow is not who they say. I just assume like people are just being crazy because of social media i think social media gives these people like a platform to be as reckless as possible and a lot of people take that uh like they they use that to their advantage and they just get absolutely wild Mm -hmm. but i don't know like i i take it serious like when it comes like the podcast i'm like hey go stream my new episode hey i just looked at my stream numbers and i know none of you fucks have streamed it (laughs) you know what i'm saying like like i like i use it for that and like I, i make um like, I have, like, sponsors and shit that, like, mm-hmm. pay me depending on, like, you know, uh, how much, like, revenue or how much uh, business, like, I send them. So, like, I try to send people there. But other than that, like, I'm to the point where I'm, I'm kind of over it. Like, it feels like a job now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I use social media for for my life coaching business and then for the podcast and then for, like, just some other random, like, artsy stuff that I use in addition to my own account so I usually am using social media all day long um I'm also like a social media consultant and so like I've used social media just I just use it like it's it feels like work to me so whenever like I have to actually use it for myself I'm kind of just tired of it by that point depending on when people listen to these podcasts that mean you've done they might not know exactly who you are by now, even though we've just like we've been gushing for like fifty two minutes. So let's talk about your podcast for a second. It's called Sure. Stoned, it's called Stoned and Social. It I, is. I subscribe to you and I love it. Like I love the idea. Um, kind of like go into like the backstory, like how that started. I guess. So I was like, more people need to understand that cannabis doesn't make you a complete you know basement dweller loser like a lot of people think and I'm glad that that whole view about cannabis in general is changing and I know for a lot of people they don't know a lot of girls who smoke and I'm going to call out so many like social stoner girls but like I see so many like ditzy girls who just can't string sentences together when they're stoned and so I was like I'm gonna change that I'm gonna I'm gonna be like a voice of reason while I'm stoned and I'm gonna talk about cool shit and so we decided to do stoned and social and we just get stoned once a week and we talk about things together it sometimes is about wellness sometimes about like love or what's going on in the world like we talk about pretty much anything we want we're just stoned while we do it and then we crown a munchie of the week that one of us tries and we answer a stoner question of the day so I've seen you uploaded one uh, Wednesday, so you're, um, sorry, I'm trying to like bring it back up, I literally just clicked <laughs> off of, your Munchie of the Week was M&M's, correct? Yes, this was my fill-in co-host, because my normal co-host is taking some personal time, so I had a fill-in co-host, and um, that was his Munchie of the Week, and this week it'll be mine so how do you determine your munchie of the week like, <laughs> like so of course so spoiler alert natalie doesn't only smoke one day a week is it no. just like is it like your go-to throughout the week and you just kind of pick and no no so like i get super serious about munchie of the week so munchie of the week i will 
I will think about what I want to have. Like I already know what I'm going to have my next month or the week because I've been thinking about it and I don't want to spoil it. So if you want to know, you're going to have to listen. Whenever I get that munchie of the week, I save it until I'm recording and until I can eat. So I build this munchie up all week long. And because we do every other week, sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to think about it until it's my week. And so I particularly pick something for munchie of the week and we take suggestions we've been getting a lot of cool suggestions of things to try and so I'm very particular and like I pick I pick something knowing I'm going to use it for munchie of the week and I can't have it until then mm. I uh I had to cut 20 pounds for a fight one time and Oof. I was like a one week out from the fight it was like Monday and the fight was on Saturday and I started thinking I was like oh I really want a public sub and like you think about it all week because you like you can't have mm-hmm. it you know what i mean and then you think about it all fucking week all week is that what you do like you're like <laughs> like hypothetically let's just say like you're your munchie of the week's like a pb and j so like on monday you're just like oh my god i cannot wait for yep. this yeah i just pretty much i just pretty much wait and i've i've gotten much better at like hiding my munchie of the week behind other things because if i have to constantly see it every time i go in the cabinet or the refrigerator then i kind of just get mad that i can't have it and so (laughs) so i've just like i've just started putting it behind things and then being like oh yay when it's time for me to to do it then i get excited damn you smuckers and your sweet jelly (laughs) Yeah, and I keep giving, like, shout-outs to all these big people, like, <laughs> who make all the snacks. I'm like, if you want to give us a sponsorship, and um, it's just a fuck with them. It's really just a fuck with them. I, uh, I listened to the, um, the last episode with uh, Rocket? Yeah. Yep. Yes, yes. I listened to the episode with Rocket. Um, I like the idea, like, I, like, the idea behind it. Like, how you said, like, too many ditzy people are like um like advocates for like marijuana use and like i'm kind of like the same way like i look like because i've been in combat sports for so long like i look at um like i guess the effect that cte can have on the brain like long term and so a lot of people now are starting to jump on this train of like psychedelic use for uh tbis or like or cte traumatic brain injuries or cte which is um CT is caused by multiple subconcussive blows, like for anybody mm-hmm. that doesn't know, but I've ranted about it quite a few times on this podcast. <laughs> so if you're if you made it this far, you should know what it is. But um it's it's subconcussive blows that, that essentially um creates like these little holes in your brain, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so people like Aaron Hernandez who uh, play football and then you know he just goes on this absolute wild streak and he has these shifts in personality and these yep. bouts of depression that's like what ct pretty much like can cause and so a lot of people are on this like the psychedelic revolution now where we're kind of mm-hmm. finding out that uh psilocybin even mdma can mm-hmm. improve brain function and i'm like the same way that you are like i'm like all right too many people look at like mushrooms or like or mdma and they're like oh it's a party drug no this is like this can be a medicine depending on how you use it like everything everything's a tool thank you yes like you wouldn't you wouldn't hold a nail up to a wall and say oh let me let me go get uh my screwdriver and see if this will you know you grab a fucking hammer (laughs) 
Yeah, and that's that's super important is that it really is how you choose to use these drugs. Of course, they can be party drugs, but that's not their exclusivity. They aren't only party drugs. And especially with, you know, you're talking about the traumatic, the the CTEMs and things like that. The some of the some of the symptoms that I don't think people realize, especially when it comes to sports, you know, and it, there's this stigma about how, you know, the the you know the athletes have to act and be and so they're being aggressive they're they're being mad they're being irritable um sometimes they go through these like manias or depression um and for a lot of people who are in the sports you know world they don't want to call out someone for something like that it's kind of like dude get your shit together when it's it might not be that person it might be something bigger you know it might be something happening in their brain that they don't realize and for me, I know that I've been reading about just all of the amazing medical, you know, benefits of marijuana and any psychobillins. And I think it's, it's important to note, we don't have a whole lot of data because the government has done its absolute fucking best in making sure that we don't get data on that and that we don't have access to that because I do truly believe these natural methods and things of that nature are much more better for us than any like Xanax, anything, any pill that's been manufactured in a lab. I do think the natural things are probably better for us and you know that would that would cripple the medical field here in the states at least. 100%. And and so like the like the crazy thing about CTE is is like CTE is something you can't identify until mm-hmm. it's postmortem. Like that's what's mm-hmm. so scary. That's like you scary. Could, you could be living with it and truly not know. And so never know. People started doing like research, and you know, like the most tragic, um, like the most tragic case for a lot of people is the Aaron Hernandez because essentially mm-hmm. Aaron Hernandez was on top of the world. <sighs> I know. On I know. On top of the world, and you know, there was another guy, uh, Junior Seau. I don't know if you've ever uh, heard mm-hmm. of him. Mm-hmm. He's a former He's Chicago a football player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Former mm-hmm. Chicago Bear player. He shot himself in the chest and yes. apparently left a suicide note telling them to study his brain because he didn't feel like m- himself. Normal. Yeah, he didn't feel normal anymore. And mm-hmm. that's like being that I am so engulfed in um, like the world of MMA, where that's mm-hmm. all we do is is blows to the brain. And I came from wrestling before I was. 18 years old I'd already had like three concussions like via wrestling mm-hmm. and then oh. and then you mix that with I've I've had like over 10 fights now where uh, people are trying to knock you out so anytime you get hit yeah. it's, not, it's not easy it's subconcussive blows that cause this so like I'm like I look at myself and like I've always had anxiety and like I've always mm-hmm. kind of had like depression but I wonder sometimes, like, how much of this is, mm. like, my being hit in the head, you know? So that's, like, I ride for this shit so hard. I'm like, yo. Yeah. Like, I signed the petition to decriminalize psilocybin mushrooms in California. I signed mm-hmm. the petition to decriminalize it in Denver, Colorado. Like, I'll sign every fucking petition that comes oh, my yeah. way. Because, truthfully, like, one of like one day, like, like <laughs> you're going to get these, you're going to get this generation of athletes who are going to go full Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be they're gonna be wrecking oh, yeah. cars. They're gonna be partying their ass off, and people are gonna be like, "What happened? It's all that yep. money. It's all that money going to their head." No, no it's, it's not it's the not. money going to the head. 
It's the blows, yeah, yeah. And it's especially with MMA and any like UFC, any of these heavy contact sports, you're going to be more at risk for it. I know that there's been a huge correlation between the two because, like you said, you are get you someone is trying to knock you out every single time. You know they're trying to come in contact with you. I know that Rose Gracie has been pushing really, really hard to kind of bring more awareness to CTE and all the effects because that's where the the phrase punk drunk punch drunk, punch drunk yeah. yeah that came from that because you'd get knocked around and then you kind of be a little wonky and no one really was thinking about the long-term effects of it you know the forgetfulness the depression all of these things that you can't even study when you're here because you don't know that something's wrong with you that is the scariest thing about it i like is that you won't know until it's too late Absolutely, and and you gotta think like, like these athletes have all this money, and mm-hmm. they're in they're in this full contact sport. Like mm-hmm. like like donate part of your check to funding this, and I guarantee, yeah. I guarantee we'll figure something out. That's, but yeah, I mean it is what it is. But but back to like the marijuana thing. Marijuana is the same way. People people mm-hmm. have this perception of it, and that's Absolutely. like that's what I was saying about like mushrooms and MDMA. People have this perception, and I, I just want to like virtually shake your hand right now because you are ending the stigma and i fully appreciate thank that you. So good on you, <laughs> thank man. you yeah it's in it's one of those things where a lot of people who have these ideas about cannabis when i start digging a little bit deeper into why they think the way they think about certain things they usually have no real first-hand experiences always someone told me or i heard I or seen it in mm-hmm, or yeah i've seen it and and it's like no this isn't this is like you know yeah, for me i'm all about first-hand experience that's why I, i've even tried so many drugs that i have tried because i don't want to hear someone else's experience i want to experience it myself and even with with cannabis it was one of those things where i was very afraid to try it because i was like oh it might kill my brain cells it might do all this stuff and then i started learning more and more and more about it and i was like okay i'm gonna try it and i'm gonna be safe about how i try it and the more i've learned and the more i've used and the more i've kind of you know consciously been aware of how i use it as a tool like you were saying the, the more benefits I've seen from it. And I'm really into CBD, too. And that's a whole other thing. But Yes, I'm, I'm really into CBD as well. I, I've i been looking for I can't find it anywhere down here, so I think I'm going to have to order it off the internet. But they, they have, like, the roll-on deodorant sticks. Yeah. And you, you can, like, I want to roll that onto my hand so bad. I hate lotion, like, on my hands. Like, I absolutely hate it. So, like, the CBD <laughs> lotion is just, like, garbage to me. Not nah, doesn't work. Yeah, I'm all, like, for me, um, I have an injury on my right side. And so CBD, I don't, I don't want to be on pain pills. Like that's all they prescribe me is opiates and I refuse to take them. And so I was researching CBD, found out, you know, the effects and thought I would try it. And I've had nothing but success with it. And I just made an order this weekend to try out some new CBD that I've been waiting to try. So I ordered some spray that you spray in your mouth. I ordered some tincture and i ordered wait what is what is what is that i ordered a tincture you know that you put sublingually under your tongue oh okay i'd mm-hmm. never heard it called that i guess it's mm-hmm. like the true name for it I, <laughs> I, I was just like oh a dropper yeah <laughs> and i also ordered an inhaler which i'm super excited to try out oh that'll be sweet. a cbd inhaler and so 
you know what really blows my mind is the Win Dixie in my in the town I live in now sells Charlotte Webb's brand CBD, which is like a, a very oh, good brand. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're good. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's making its rounds, and I truly think that like marijuana, psilocybin, MDMA, like I truly think these these drugs will uh, like the stigma will be broken, but it's it's people like you who uh, like we need more of you. Yeah, I mean, you do it too. So, like, we just need more of us. We need we need more people who are who are going to be vocal about it. And especially for me personally, as a woman of color, I really feel like, you know, someone could look at me and have these sort of, you know. Like a perception. Yeah, they could absolutely have some preconceived notions about who I am and what it means if I do do cannabis. And a lot of people in my life they know I do cannabis and they think it's funny because they're like, you don't, you don't look like you use cannabis. I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean when you say that? When you say someone doesn't look like they use, that means you have an idea in your head about what this particular drug user does. Um, even my friends who like, were like, what you did acid. I'm like, yeah, guys, I've been doing acid for like 10 years. Where have you been? And they're just like, I I left my tie dye shirt at the house. They're like, oh my God, but you, you know, you're not, and you finished college. And like, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) thanks guys. (laughs) Thanks. I, I left my, I left my Bob Marley shirt and my dreadlocks at home. No big deal. So I think it's important, and that's why I love states like California and Colorado, and, um, you know, we're trying here in D.C. with our weird whatever, but it's important that we make it accessible to more people who actually need the positive effects of cannabis, and also just kind of give it the opportunity to be studied, and I think once the government realizes how much they're going to be able to tax the fuck out of drugs, they're going to start easing up on a lot of things. You know, you kind of said it a moment ago. You said you're a, you're a woman of color. Um, I am like a long-haired, bearded, tattooed <laughs> guy that rides a motorcycle. Like I feel like I feel like in person, I'm not the guy to talk to about <laughs> mushrooms and like marijuana and whatnot. But online, people don't know that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like, I ride by it. I'm just like, yo, try it. Well, I don't. I don't. I mean, don't. Okay, I gotta. I gotta kind of backtrack. If you're just listening to this and you just decide to go try mushrooms, it's not my fault if you, yeah. if you can't handle it. But try it at your own risk. I've It's funny. I have never been a huge mushroom fan. And for me, it's always made me sick. It's always made me feel sick. And just it's I've never had a good experience. Someone gave me shrooms a couple years ago at this work event. It was a work event, of all things. And they were like, you have, Natalie, you have to try these shrooms. And I was like, nah, I'm not really into shrooms. And they're like, no, no, no. I grew these shrooms. My roommate and I grew these shrooms. And I was like, for real? And he was like, yes, we grew them. Like, we we did everything. We germinated them. Like, you have to try this. And if you don't ever want to try shrooms ever again after this, totally understandable. These were hand-grown. And so I was like, okay, that's cool. I'll, I'll try it. And it was the best experience. I loved it. And for me, it was one of those things where, like, I just had to try the right shrooms. I had to try, like, some shrooms that, I don't know, I mean, at least I knew where they came from. And he was telling me about them, but I didn't get sick. And all of the positive things that people have said about trying shrooms, I experienced. And so, um, it was, it's one of those things where, like, you don't really know what something is until you try it. And if you try it responsibly, then hopefully you're only getting better insight into yourself. Very responsibly. That's... Like, that is the key word right there is, like, responsibly. I just realized that my ceiling fan was on this whole time, so if the audio <laughs> is, like, shitty, I'm totally sorry, everybody. But, Can't hear it. Um, 
I'm so I am not a big hallucinogenic fan. Truthfully, really, I I tried I tried mushrooms uh, the first time when I was 16, mm-hmm. and I had like this preconceived notion going in that was definitely not uh, reality, right? So I had a very bad mm-hmm. I had a very bad trip the very first time I ever tried, Ooh. and I never came back to them. But mm-hmm. since like researching everything, um, I'm more interested now than I ever have been. But I guess the trick with like uh, like traumatic brain injuries and CTE is like the micro dosing to the point mm-hmm. where I, I suppose you don't even truly you're not really tripping. Trip. Yeah, yeah, you're not tripping. Um, so like that would be like I don't want to say like perfectly fine, but that would be um, the way that I would do it, I guess. But I am, and I can't really say much because like. You know, um, I can't really say much, but I am um, within the business of mushrooms, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, the cultivating side of them, nice. I guess you could could say. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe, maybe. Alleg- yeah, allegedly, in allegedly, the, allegedly in the potential growth <laughs> of these fungi. Anyway, um, I truly think like that's like the future, though. Like, yeah, like I, I think that. I think a lot of medicine is medicinal. Like, did you know that if you put, like, tea tree oil in your belly button, it cures, like, the cold? Yeah, there's all kinds of weird things that sound like they're old wives' tales, but then when you read about them, you're like, oh, okay, no, that's a thing, and it actually works, and... um, For me, my whole thing is LSD. Like, that's my favorite drug. That's my favorite thing to take whether it's for fun or for introspection and you were talking about microdosing so I did a couple of solid months of microdosing LSD and my whole thing was exactly like you said until I got like the measurements right after the first couple of times I was like no 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 I shouldn't feel like I'm tripping like if I feel like I'm tripping I've had too much and that was kind of my thing is it's kind of where you're on the edge of just it's for me it's just a heightened awareness that's what i see it as just a heightened yeah like a heightened awareness it's um you know it's 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 one of my favorite go-to's i'm i'm really i really want to try um mescaline as well um i've been offered that through like peyote before but i just didn't and now i'm like i wish i had because just want to experience it my uh my best friend in the absolute world lives in utah and we have been talking Ooh. we've been talking for a while about doing a true shaman experience out in the desert nice. with, with a natural guided shaman and, and mescaline or peyote but i just like i've never liked hallucinogenics i would have to they're not those. for everyone yeah they're um, not they're not for everyone and especially because the trips last so long yeah um they yeah. you know you're talking about 10 to 12 to you know, for me, I always start a timer on my phone when, from when I take whatever I'm taking mm-hmm. to when I feel like I'm myself again or when I go to sleep. Yeah. And so I usually hit about 19 to 20 hours on acid when I'm doing it. And so um, it's 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 one of those things where, like, once you're in, you're in for the ride on these things usually. Yeah. Yeah, and see, that's like that's the part that kind of like loses me is like the longevity. That creates, yeah, that can create anxiety too if you're like, shit. Once I I'm have, in here, I'm in here. I have like severe, like crippling anxiety. So mm-hmm. like, I just, like, I don't like that feeling of, yeah, of uh, like tripping. So I, 
They've been talking about doing the, the guided shaman experience for so long that I'm mm-hmm. kind of like to the point now where I'm like, well, I promised him that I'll do it. So maybe when we're like 60 years old, we'll just be out, <laughs> out in the desert with like some older shaman dude. But um, if my, if they do figure out like a way to microdose to where it can repair like brain functions, I would be totally That would be that. cool. Yeah. That would be very cool. I just like I've never... Um, I don't know, like, growing up, like, I had, like, cousins that would, like, try acid, and they would, um, like, they would enjoy it a lot, mm-hmm. but I'm like, guys, uh, I, <laughs> I get, I get nervous tying my fucking shoes, so, you know what I mean? But and I, that's, that's the thing, though, for me, I'm, I'm right there with you, I'm a very type A person, there always comes a point where, after I've taken LSD or whatever it is and I'm waiting for the trip to start there always comes a point where I just stop freaking out because it's one of those things where like you just gotta go with it like it's happening and that is always the best feeling for me when when I'm like okay there goes the anxiety I'm fucking done I'm not gonna stress about this trip because I'm I'm on for the ride um I don't and like it's funny because one of those things where like hey maybe this could ease some anxiety but like you have to get over the anxious part first so <laughs> as um cause, like so I have like this rule on the podcast where like I try to not talk about like politics all that much and I try to mm-hmm. not talk about like religion sure um but I am like I, I'm very religious and like to me like I think that things are put on earth um like like as tools like you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i think i think there's like a reason behind like we're meant to find this and and use it in some way yes and so yeah i'm like i'm that way with with mushrooms and with mescaline Mm -hmm. and peyote and and people have these deeply spiritual Mm -hmm. experiences like on these drugs and i think that's exactly what they're put on earth for is to give you these experiences and then to heal your your body because I mean, if, if people are saying, oh, psilocybin mushrooms can repair brain injury, think of how what many... What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, think of how many elderly people with, like, dementia. You know, people who've never done combat sports, just, you know, mm-hmm. just people with dementia. Think of how many people's lives could be... Would be changed. Yeah, it could be changed if, if they... It's it's all about... Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, they can't... I guess they can't tax it, or they, they feel like they can't tax it, or who knows, but... I think it's a couple of things. Like, I don't want to get all, like, boogeyman-ish, but um, I do think, you know, there's a clear distinction between the 60s, you know, drug revolution and how much society at that time was really actively pushing against the powers that be. And, like, it kind of felt like a lot of people were waking up. You know, you mentioned a spiritual you know, experience for a lot of people in these drugs. That is actually how I came to find my spirituality was on, I've been a staunch atheist and then I was an agnostic and then I had an experience that I just cannot, I cannot, there's nothing, there is nothing I can say that will stop me from believing what I experienced. And so I have been forever changed from that experience. And that's what led me into becoming a conscious life coach and helping other people kind of get in touch with these parts of themselves that they may not be accessing. And so I think a big part of why these things are not legalized are because they would fundamentally change how our society 
thought what function and, and think, acted yeah. yeah exactly and i just think that kind of change that kind of shift you know we're seeing a little bit of it with the pandemic and how people are shifting and how they're they're viewing like oh my god all these people and all these businesses like we have people becoming like you know trillionaires in the middle of a pandemic what the fuck so some of it is happening but i don't think you know without these things being you know legalized even though they're available to us but they're illegal i think that's because that shift would just cause such a rip in the very fabric of society that we know that i don't know how we would recover from that i don't know what would happen if that were the case because it's just it's just a whole different mindset you know my friends love joking and saying like maybe when we're high maybe this is reality and like we have to take this pill to get to reality and we loved having these very meta conversations like this um where it's like what if this was how everything was all the time it'd be it'd be very different and so i think that's why a lot of these drugs are illegal is because in just a short term the government saw how people acted with it and saw how they turned against them and so they were like no forget it that's why we had it illegal because mm-hmm. we don't want you guys thinking like this so you you had one of the one of the spiritual um like experiences that i'm like referring to mm-hmm. see I, I watched this youtuber who was like recounting his spiritual experience and uh he was on mescaline i want to say mm-hmm. um but it was it was he said it was a profound experience he said he cried essentially for hours like afterwards because it was so beautiful and he he felt um like just more close like closer to god and like he felt more spiritual afterwards and he felt almost reborn yeah and, and i think that is just like what's so fascinating about these drugs and then you mentioned a second ago like um like a society like in in change like in motion mm-hmm. i guess so to add on the kind of like what you were saying like like the psychedelic revolution you had uh who were like the beatles right yep. and, and, and then you have these people who are following them and they're going to woodstock and they're they're doing these drugs those kind of were the people who were like oh fuck the system like fuck mm-hmm. the government so that like that really does make a lot of sense and i truly do like i have those conversations all the time like i have a friend um who recently, like, I don't want to, like, out him or anything, but he he done a hefty dose of LSD mm-hmm. not too, too long ago, and he texted me, and he was like, bro, he was like, I sat down in the recliner, and I just started watching TV, and it kicked in, and he was like, I understand this is how the government, like... Controls people. Yeah, like the TV, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had that, like, he had that thought, um, like, wow, quote, unquote, mm-hmm. like, inebriated, but... but sure. Yeah, but, like, that's that's what it is. It's, like, a lot of these drugs would open a lot of people's mind and a lot of yeah. people's eyes to the shit. Like, like me and you touched on our last one. Like, we touched about, um, like, all these pedophiles and shit. Mm-hmm. And, and we touched on, like, Pizzagate and Frazzle Drip and all this other shit. Like, think of a, think of a fully woke community huh. of, like, people that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we would overthrow the government. Absolutely. This is the thing. I, you know, I, again, I sound like such a, like hippie and like socialist but if voting actually worked they wouldn't let us do it that's been my opinion forever if it actually did anything they wouldn't do this like for me i consider voting part of you know part of the game the game of politics i know you said you don't want to talk about politics so i won't get too deep into it but like but like i i i 
I go into voting knowing I'm willingly participating in what may be a game. And when I, you know, when I sit and I think about these things when I'm on, you know, psychedelics like LSD or anything like that, I kind of come at it with a whole different perspective where I'm like, you know what? I can sit and I can kind of unravel the puzzle of these things just like your friend did. It's one of those things where like you sit and you just have the time and the self-awareness and the space in your mind to just follow that thought to completion that's what I always say like I follow these thoughts to completion where it's like oh like the answer's been here all along for my spiritual awakening it was one of those things where um it was just again it was just something that I just cannot can't put into words sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm happy that someone was there with me who was experiencing something very similar and we kind of you know I I looked at you know the person I was with and I said you know I get it I get what life is about right now it's just it's just about being here like it's just about this like we're missing the point every time we ask all these questions like what's the purpose why are we here we're here to be here and like I felt this huge relief and I have since then since those years ago huge relief about just my purpose here in the world and why I'm here and what I'm supposed to do I feel a greater inner peacefulness about just knowing that I'm here to experience this and I've I started to treat things a little bit more differently because of that. Yeah, you have like a a bit of a like a more optimistic outlook after that. I feel. Yeah, yeah. You you mentioned a second ago the politics thing. I have to like I tell people that because I I've had people <laughs> early 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 on in my podcasting venture that would just go full force just rant, and I'm just like, oh, we're an hour in and we've not covered anything <laughs> remotely helpful. But you're right, like it, it, like. American politics truly are like a game, and it's it's more comparable to like the wheel of fortune than anything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because you can spin, you can either hit that two mil jackpot or you can hit bankrupt. It's literally <laughs> you, can, like, you can lose it all. Yeah, it's it's literally it's one of those things, and I'm I'm with you. I'm just there's a full shadow government. I'm fully I'm fully convinced oh. you're part of it, <laughs> and, and uh, I just there's so much shit going on behind the scenes. I I'm, know. You know, I I just. It's such a weird time right now. Right? It really is. And I hate that it's an election year because, uh, like, on top of... It's like, oh, the pandemic and... And I don't know if you heard, because, again, I'm a huge space nerd. But oh, there's, my gosh, yes. <laughs> there's, like, a yes. huge fucking, like piece of yeah coming that's the size of a refrigerator like the the day day before before elections like I love it I was like if we all go out this way that's a perfect 2020 way like I knew it was going to be shit when Kobe died at the beginning of this year and I didn't think it could get any worse and I was like you know what we we deserve that asteroid whatever by by the way it's Kobe's birthday today I know shout out to Kobe yeah, Mamba mentality. I, uh, man, I was reading about that that astronaut, and I was like, you know what? Sure. sure. <laughs> I know, I know. We've had we've had what like hornet. We've had like the oh, the murder the, hornets. The murder hornets. We've you had. The, you guys got the plague. Well, <laughs> we you guys, did. you guys don't. But California no, has the plague. No, I saw the first case of the plague. 
it, um, it, and it's, it's, a, it's an election year, but <laughs> I think, did you see, because I live in Florida, so like I'm going to get more impact than mm-hmm. you will. Did you see the fucking twin hurricanes Ooh, coming in? I did. I did. We're, get, we're getting some crazy weather here, too. Like, it just was pouring all today, and that's the thing. Like, it's, it's one of those things where I'm just like, bring it, 2020. Like, you've just been saving up all of this shit. I feel like Mother Earth is just really pissed off with us. She's like, you guys have been fracking. You guys have been, like, polluting. You guys have been not listening on green energy. Like, we've got all this social unrest. Like, you I think it's just... You guys listen to Nickelback? <laughs> God. <It's> over. <laughs> she's like you you deserve this and so like i'm just i'm kind of like whatever you know if it's you know whatever i have a a confession actually and i i tweeted it yesterday but i was (laughs) recreationally listening to nickelback no you weren't i swear do not i want to be a rock no this is how we get rickrolled in our house someone will come in and be like alexa play nickelback and it'll start really slow and then all of a sudden we'll just we'll just hear it playing we'll be like no so like that's our house's like prank is to play nickelback and then run away it really like that rock star song isn't that bad okay i I don't i had my i had my early 2000 hits playlist going and it came on oh god oh god you know you just like kind of go down the rabbit hole sometimes oh yeah i was like why is nickelback getting shit on so much so i started listening to the album i was like oh this is why yeah this is why yeah i it was one of those things where like nickelback had a formula okay and they were just like the perfect storm like they nailed it they they nailed everything that like you know they needed to in that time but it was one of those things where like it was just too they were too they were too funny like they just can't exist have you seen the meme where they said on top of on top of everything else going on in the world, we've decided to release an album to make your 2020 no. better. <laughs> no. No. Oh, yeah. That would be hilarious. You know what? That would be the most boss PR move ever if they oh, did one, that. 100%. Like, anyone who wants to do anything right now, I'm like, do it. It's 2020. Like, do it. Like, you'll get away with it. Because anything seems to go this year. Yeah, it's it's such a weird year that, like... <laughs> Yeah, whatever. He's I, like, bring it. Literally, I seen those twin hurricanes, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I've, been, I've been, I've been really like, I've been really talking reckless about Florida lately, and now like it's about to get wiped off the map. <laughs> I mean, I went out today. Today, like we're we're in August, like today, mm-hmm. and there were people not wearing masks. You know, I, I I went out earlier on my bike. I, this is like kind of like completely uh, like random. I went out earlier on the bike. You were talking about it rained all day today. I went out on the bike and it was so clear. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get me like a good little bit of riding. It absolutely fucking poured on me. Oh no! And I was like, why, why, <laughs> why? Yep. You would not believe the amount of people that don't wear the masks like down here. Oh, that's. Like, I feel like every time I see it, like, I get a knot in my stomach. I'm just like, oh, oh, because, and actually this week I'm getting tested to find out if I have the antigens for it or the antibodies. Because um, I just want to know. Don't, they don't check your nose for that, do they? 
No, I think they just draw blood for that. Have you have you had the nose test? No, I have not had the nose test because I, I don't think I don't think that I've had it, but I want to check because I'm one of those weird people who is always a like a carrier of things. Uh, so yeah. like I'm a carrier of mono, but I've never had it. Really? Um, yeah, and I've never had the chicken pox. They tried so many times to infect me, and I've just never had it. Um, and I'm also, like, a carrier for something else where, like, I I never have had it, but they're like, yeah, hey, you should know, like, you carry this. And it's like, there's no reason why. You're just weird. And so I'm just going to go get checked because I'm like, this this seems like some dumb shit that, like, my body would just be like, you know what? Yeah, let's carry it. Let's do it. But I've been wearing my mask all the time. Like, Yeah. Yeah, just, I... I, uh, like, I wear my mask, because, like, you wear your mask in places, and then, like, when you get in, you can take it off to, like, eat and stuff, mm-hmm. but even that, like, that makes me kind of uncomfortable, because, like, I don't know, like, I, like I haven't, I haven't eaten out anywhere since March, I, like, the really? day we went, no, the day we went into lockdown, I think, I, I don't know if I said this last episode but like i was in my favorite mexican restaurant the thing is it was a beautiful day it was a beautiful day i was driving with my top down and it was just like one of those days where like everything was too good and that was the day that my house burned to the ground and then we went into lockdown and so i was like oh okay this is 2020 pranked me haha without (laughs) without, like asking like too much information where did you lock down at then in 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 dc well, well, no, I mean, oh, you, you oh I stayed, yeah, I stayed, we stayed with a friend for, like, three months until we found a place. Gosh, that is, like, that's, like, like, it's one, um, okay, so I, I don't know how to, like, put this, because, like, your house <laughs> burning down is, like, like, one of the most terrible oh, yeah. things that can happen, right? It's my first house fire. So it's, like, one of, like, it's one of the more annoying things, right? But then on top mm-hmm. of that, you're, like, quarantined. Yes in someone else's house like that would yes. just drive me insane. it was it was maddening because i couldn't even like shake the firefighters hands or anything because you know oh, this was yeah. so we were just like elbow dapping and all the people outside were super upset like everyone in our building um was displaced and so people were outside crying and looking for comfort and two times i had to just tell people like i'm sorry i can't hug you and i felt really terrible yeah. because it was like fuck like i would pat you on the back but like i'm scared i'm gonna get coronavirus and so that happened and then having to like just like literally start from like square one i was like i just need time to like get my head together like my friend was nice enough to let us stay while we searched for a place but it was just really weird to be like uh, my first time being homeless um first house fire and it had to happen like the day before lockdown happened here and so i was like wow okay <laughs> i'm just here That's to like, figure shit out yeah I, I super hate that i told you last time like i super hate that um but shout out to your friend like for real yeah, yeah. i know i know very grateful uh natalie if anybody wants to find you after this episode where do they find you at they can stalk me on the web i'm on instagram at stoned in social or they can write me an email at stoned and social at gmail.com and they can listen to the stoned and social podcast every wednesday at midnight it drops pretty much everywhere that's cool everywhere that's cool <laughs> yeah every, everywhere that's cool so everywhere <laughs> all the cool kids are doing it. <laughs> no everybody for real go to um go to apple or go to go to Spotify or whatever, and type in stoned in 
social, like the letter N. Yeah, like um, rock and roll. You guys, <laughs> you guys are in for a treat because it's an absolutely awesome podcast. Thank you so much. You're an absolutely awesome person. I cannot commend you enough. Uh, thank you for coming on again. Yes, I, thank you I, for having me. I will say this one more time, and I'm just going to keep telling you. The invitation is it's Sweet. there. I rolled out the red carpet for you. You can just All march right. in here anytime you awesome. want. Awesome. Sounds good. I super appreciate you. <laughs> Talk to you soon.